All right, y'all, you're listening to KXRY Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM, streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. You are tuning out of Take It to the Bridge with Theo and Ali, doing it right every Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., and uh, tuning in to Night School with Bobby D, the finest in modern soul boogie and outsider funk. We have a very special edition uh, this evening featuring the legendary Portland Funksters New Shoes, uh, bringing their new record Bagtown uh, to be released next week um, with some special tracks to be played, a little interview moment, and uh, just real excited for the show. Um, great group to work with and such a storied catalog um, to share. We're going to bring John and Valerie up in just a moment, but I figured to kick things off, we'd just play a track that you all might know. It's the flagship single from 1985, the Dutch mix of I Can't Wait. You're listening to Night School with Bobby D on the station of X-Ray FM. Thank you. 
All right, y'all, once again, you're tuned to Night School with Bobby D on the station of X-Ray FM. We're doing a special retrospective on the Portland legendary group New Shoes and uh, playing some tracks very indicative of their most familiar sound. This is a late night club mix um, called Time Will Tell, um, produced by um, or remixed rather by Frankie Knuckles uh, back in the late 80s. Um, I'd like to switch up the dial a bit before we bring up John and Valerie to discuss the group's new record, Bagtown, um, and kind of take it from the top. Uh, in 1982, a local label called Nebula Circle released the group's uh, first effort. And here's a track right off that record. Um, it's called Caught in the Wheels, circa 1982. You're listening to Night School with Bobby D on the station of X-Ray FM.
All right, y'all, you're listening to Night School with Bobby D on the station of X-Ray FM. I'm sitting here with Valerie Day and John Smith of the band New Shoes. John and Valerie, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks. It's so great to finally have you guys in studio after working with you all on a couple projects in the past and uh, digging out all the skeletons in the closet of the New Shoes history. We now get to talk about the here and now. You've made your first record in many years. Bagtown, the yes. name of the record, dropping mm-hmm. very soon. Perhaps you can speak to, you know, why now, after such a hiatus of not putting out new material, uh, what makes Bagtown significant for the listeners out there? Well, I don't know exactly how significant it's going to be, but it came about because we were playing shows again for the first time in years and years and years. We were on these tours with other 80s artists where there's like 12 acts and we go out and just play the hits and it's just John and I and we were having a great time doing it because the audiences are wonderful and, and so are the other acts. But we'd come home from these shows and be like, gosh, there's so much more new she's material that we'd love to do and, and wouldn't it be great to play with the band again? And so those two things added up to, okay, let's let's see who's around from the old days. And we got our favorite new shoes band members back together. There's nine people in the band counting John and I. And then we started doing shows around the Pacific Northwest. And then it was like one day we woke up and went, you know, the band's sounding so good. This is so fun. And we have our own home studio. Gee, maybe we should make a record, you know? And uh, we never, ever thought we'd be doing. Yeah, we thought we'd never do new shoes again, really. At the end of 1992, we said, okay, we're done. And so it's like Valerie always says, never say never. And it's turned out like that. It's just all of it's a surprise. Yeah. And it should be known. I mean, you all weren't completely dormant in those 28 plus years, you know, raising a family, also continuing to make music, to teach, to write for commercials and getting into advertising work. You also, I mean, there were iterations of New Shoes in the interim, New Shoes Orchestra, for example. Yeah. Perhaps you could speak to the gesture of that iteration of the band and how that's different from what you're doing with Bagtown. I think New Shoes Orchestra came about because we used to have these late night conversations on the back porch with the martini where we talk about all the different kinds of music that we loved and I was doing a lot of jazz at the time and, and John was getting to do a lot of different kinds of music for the advertising world. Orchestration and stuff. Yeah, everything yeah. from country to classical. So we like lots of different kinds of music but weren't really hearing what the kind of music was that we wanted to be listening to and so Nushi's Orchestra came about because it was the 20th anniversary of I Can't Wait being released to the world and I got just over a, a weekend a bunch of the jazz musicians that I love to play with in town to do an unplugged version of it and it turned out really cool so from that project that little lost weekend of like yeah let's do an unplugged I Can't Wait we decided to do a whole record and then John wrote this amazing material for it which I still love listening to to this day which is very rare for me and we you know make these records and it's like never want to hear that again Um, but that record had some wonderful composing on it and some great lyric work too because he in in his later years here has discovered Bob Dylan it was a Scorsese film that that turned him on to Dylan and so for that record all the lyrics came first and then he wrote this amazing music around it so that's very different than what we're doing now because back in that time period we were still saying 
nope, not going to do new shoes again. This is different, you know. Yeah. We probably shouldn't have even had new shoes on the front of that orchestra thing. We should have called it something completely yeah. different. Our fans were confused. Very, <laughs> very. But, you know, never say never again because I think the funk, soul, 70s dance music that we kind of grew up on and, and really enjoyed and tr- wanted to play, that music just kind of started bubbling up again. And uh, I'm glad we're doing it. Well, I think many of your fans would also agree. And that said, you speak about John's history at arranging, composing, and having an interest for that. It sounds like we're kind of hearing that in the new record. Bagtown, you know, on first listen, really harkens back to this era, kind of where you started. You know, Can't Turn It Off yeah. and Bagtown have a lot of similarities. Can't Turn It Off came out on Nebulous Circle. 82, yeah. 82, okay. And you're right. You hit the nail on the head, really. This is maybe Can't Turn It Off with better lyrics. Because I was crazy about arranging in 1982, and I was trying to uh, be Toshiko Akiyoshi, you know. But I didn't understand lyrics, and so I'm kind of embarrassed by some of those lyrics. And it was really on the New Shoes Orchestra record that I started to realize what lyrics could do. How do you write lyrics? Well, it's really helpful to write about things. Yeah. (laughs) You know, instead of, you know, baby, I can't wait till you call me, you know, till you run over me with your car. You know, lists of things that serve a hook. Yeah. Instead, it's like this thing that evolves. And there's this other thing called the Cracked Mosaic. There's all these songwriter tricks. And Cracked Mosaic I picked up from Lowell George. And it's Little like, feet. Uh, from mm. Little Feet, yeah. And it's this idea of you will find, and then the next time it comes around, you will find a way. And then the third time it comes around, you will find a way that is true, you know. So it, instead of having sections be the same length every time, there's crafty things that you can there's do. There's variability it. that you can add in there. There's yeah, yeah. And the crack mosaic is like a chess move. Mm. And, and, and you know how many chess moves there are, gambits. Sure, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, when you speak to the lyricism and sort of reinventing the wheel for yourself and for the group. I think we're really hearing that in the new single, The Real Thing. Yep. I think it speaks to a lot of listeners out there. And perhaps we can take a moment to play that. We're going to debut the new New Shoes single, The Real Thing, off Bagtown. And you're listening to Night School with Bobby D on the station of X-Ray FM. <laughs>
All right, y'all, you're listening to Night School with Bobby D on the station of X-Ray FM. We have in studio Valerie Day and John Smith of New Shoes. We've just tuned in to one of their new tracks off the new record, forthcoming Bagtown, the group's first record in many moons. We've just been speaking, John, about how this record kind of harkens back to a certain era, not only of new shoes, but of soulful music in general. We're not hearing the sort of 80s glitzy production type sound that the group's known for. We're harkening back to a time when Philly soul and compositions from artists like Gamble and Huff are dominating the airwaves. Perhaps you could speak to that and how that's influenced your take on the new record. Well, I always thought that sound had a lot of dignity. The strings and horns, it was the absolute opposite of punk music. And coming out of Latin bands, that's the sound that we loved. And so Bagtown, and especially The Real Thing, was a deliberate attempt to capture that essence. And, you know, we're more able to do it now. Um, There's a trick I learned down in Los Angeles working in the 80s that these producers would take a record and study it, you know, break it down to its elements. And so I actually did that with Love Train. I listened to it and I said, oh, listen to that. There's a cowbell on every beat. You the know, OJ's version, right? The OJ's version. Is there another version? I think so, but I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, so I really studied that record. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, I remember hearing you tell the story of discovering the Motown songbook back in, was it New York City? And, and how that influenced your writing style for Can't Turn It Off. Yeah, well, I was staying in a um, loft with nothing in it but a mattress, an upright piano, with a Motown songbook on top of it. And we were playing in Latin bands at that time. This is like 1978. But I grew up during the Motown era. James Brown put out a single every week. So you'd hear it on the bus in the morning and then get your 69 cents together after school, go buy these 45. Almost every other day, there was a new soul single coming out. So I came up in that era, but now it's the late 70s and I found this book and I know this music and at the same time I was seeing all the Latin bands in New York and I went you know I'm not Puerto Rican I'm not Cuban I want to go home and do something American and so that's the birth of new shoes right and you hit the ground running can't turn it off came out 82 and after that you know we know this story the rest is sort of history so to speak and you dive into the 80s and all of a sudden you're hanging out in the paradise garage and running around with Shet Pettibone in the studio I can't wait is hitting the airwaves and yeah rubbing elbows with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis it's a great time yeah and nowadays speaking of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis of course with Prince's passing You all had a little experience at Paisley Park. Perhaps you could speak to that. Well, in, uh, we were making our second record for Atlantic and doing a lot of the recording in Minneapolis because we were working with Prince's ex-producer, Bobby Z. and um, David Z. Sorry, David Z. Bobby's his David brother. David Rivkin, yeah. Bobby was the drummer in Prince and the Revolution. See, I'm looking at yeah. Bobby D and I'm thinking oh, Bobby okay. Z. See, yeah. I'm all just... I, I see that busted synapse Yeah, yeah, there. it's a totally busted <laughs> synapse. Thank you. That's okay. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, we were out at Paisley Park because we had run out of studio time at the place that we had been working for three months downtown. And John had wanted to record one of his all-time favorite saxophone players, speaking to James Brown. Yeah, our manager asked, like, if you could have any sideman on earth on your record, who would you have? And I immediately said, Macy O. Parker. Loved him since I was 11 years old. And here he is in our car. We picked him up at the airport. Wow. And he had this sax case with a bungee cord around it. And he, he carried around a bottle of mouthwash all the time. That's but some clean is, saxophone. Yeah, yeah right. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, very soft-spoken guy. But anyway, that for me... Meeting him and meeting Maurice Sendak, you know, where the wild things are. Yeah. Those were the two big showbiz moments for me. Yeah, well, and nowadays, you know, a certainly a different era for new shoes. You've taken time to, to raise a family. You're not hanging out in Paisley Park anymore, which provides also for an interesting opportunity to create a record that seems from the outside in like a family affair. Perhaps you could speak to some of the iconography related to Bagtown, to your son's involvement with shaping the vision for it. It's a great story, actually, because it starts many, many years ago with John and, and Malcolm having this thing about this paper bag that John drew a face on, and they'd call him Bag, and he bag. had Bag, and Bag <laughs> had a personality and was part of the family, practically, until I recycled him. <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, anyway, so they were talking about Bag, and John was going out into the studio during this time period a couple of years ago in the depths of winter trying to figure out what this record that we were going to make was going to be like and writing songs for it. And all and, your influences are your bag. Right. All your influences are your bag. So, you know, what goes into the bag? Well, Steely Dan, Gamble and Huff, the Hendrix, Hendrix um, the Beatles, you know, I mean, like all these different elements. Anyway, so he's out there trying to write music and out comes classical music and he's like, no, that's not it. And then psychedelia and ah, oh, no, no, that's not it quite either. So he's not sure what to do. So he starts making these bag puppets and he's drawing these. John's an, an amazing artist. So he draws all these faces on these bag puppets and pretty soon, you know, they need more than just people around them. They need a little city. So he starts building buildings and anyway, it becomes this whole wow. town of bags. Took the, over the studio. Totally. <laughs> He'd come in at, at, at night and I'd go, so how's that songwriting going? Well, it's going great. I'm uh, making bag puppets. <laughs> you know? And I'd be like, okay, great. That sounds wonderful, honey. You just do whatever you need to do to get that record going. And so anyway, the bag people were hanging out in the studio and they had a vibe. And mm -hmm. the vibe yeah. was totally a party vibe. And so the music sort of came out of this town that needed party music. I love that. Um, and, and you speak about, you know, this time being an era where it, soulful music, funky music, disco, it's friendly for youth to be able to go to a club and hear that to some degree. We're not totally locked into hip hop or contemporary top 40 radio. Perhaps you could speak to how this day and age provides an, a, an interesting opportunity for Bagtown to arise. Well, I you can see the indie pop people, you know, the uh, ukulele glockenspiel crowd are starting to embrace funk and there's a lot of young people that can play mm -hmm. as an old curmudgeon I finally had to admit that there's a lot of young bands out there that can really play funk mm -hmm. and so to all of you out there yeah 
Is there and anything I, that you want your listeners to know, like the message and the content of the new record, aside from it just being a party vibe? Well, I think if you write a large amount of material, that themes will emerge by themselves. If you wrote a thousand pages of a novel, the theme would emerge by itself. And the theme on this record was knowing that you're different and being okay with it. I think several songs have that message. And another message is, if you could plan your perfect day, what would be in it? Uh, mine would involve hash browns <laughs> <laughs> and a nap. Uh, after the hash browns, yes, sir. most likely, in that order. Yeah. Yeah, also influenced a little bit by Malcolm, because that was one of their, their games, John and Malcolm's. And uh, he also influenced us a lot by creating this incredible world through illustration of Bagtown. So he did all the album art and poster and created an illustration for each song. And he's got such a great sense of, I don't know, we've always been big anthropomorphizers at our house. And he looks at these bags and he just, he gets the emotional content and what these songs are about. And it's been really fun. He's 21, almost 21. Now. And um, he it's always just had been a the, blast to work with him. He always had the human touch. I mean, even as a kindergartner, you could tell he was going to be really good because he got the eyebrow right. Yeah, there's something to say for that. It's just genetic or it's in you. And I'm, I think it's safe to say this is probably the first time you all have collaborated in terms of a project that's released to the public at yeah. the, on this yeah. scale. Yeah, it's true. And we're really excited to be able to do it with him. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Bagtown, the newest record, is um, has a, a very specific personnel of uh, New Shoes alumni. Perhaps you could speak to that. The hard thing about New Shoes is it sounds really simple, but actually it's, it's a little more difficult to play than you would think. And so all of these people have been in the band before and get the right feel. The longest lasting member started in 1983. His name's Gary Fountaine. He plays mm, bass. Yes. Johnny Riley, the drummer, joined us in about 1988. And our last record that we made for Atlantic that nobody ever heard because they never put it out, Margaret Lynn and Tracy Harris sang a ton on that record. And they're both fantastic vocalists. And Margaret did a lot of the arranging for that record, actually. So they're with us, and it's really fun to sing with them again. I love singing harmony, so it's great to have backup singers. And they're joined by Haley Horsefall, who's the newest member of the group. She was actually a student of mine um, many years ago, and she's been in the band for only about two years. Then we have New Shoes Orchestra alumni. So we've got Paul Mazio on trumpet and flugelhorn and Tim Jensen on saxophones. And Sean Holmes, actually, I forgot about him. He's on the record. He's a wonderful singer, and he's not actually in the band playing with us, but he's on the record. And Haley's dad, Mike Horsfall, plays vibes on the record. And on one tune, we have a guest upright bassist, one of my favorite bass players in the world, Dave Captain. Hmm. And I think it should be mentioned, you know, many of these artists, you know, for the funk and soul aficionados in town, uh, many of these artists in, in your newest iteration of uh, New Shoes are known in their own right. The Lynn sisters have appeared on plenty of records throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Gary right. Fountaine was on that earliest New Shoes 45 on Poolside Records. Right. Right. Johnny Riley was a member of Shock. Yep. Correct? Yep. Yeah, Gary played on uh, you your know favorite your history. tune. <laughs> so this is like an all-star band. And now locked into Bagtown, we can look forward to the record's release May 21st. May 20th, actually. May, the, the, May the 20th. The day before the CD release party. Ah, okay. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that. So May 21st, Saturday, we're doing a big show at the Star Theater um, downtown Portland. But you don't actually have to be in Portland to be there. 
because oh. Audio Globe, a video streaming company here in town that's local, is doing a four camera shoot. And so we're going to be live video streaming the show. And, you know, whoever has internet can, can be there too. So it starts at seven, and you are uh, Bobby, Bobby D, DJ Bobby D, are going to be there. I'll be there. And X Ray FM will be there. We X Ray oh, yes. is sponsoring the show. Right. And uh, we're just thrilled to be a part of this time in your career. May 21st, Star Theater. 7 p.m. If you want to know more about it, just go to newshoesmusic.com, N-U-S-H-O-O-Z music.com, and there's an event page, and so you can get different kinds of tickets or do the audio globe thing or whatever. Excellent. And what what should folks expect? Will you be playing older tracks, just the new record, a little bit of both? A little bit of both. We're going to be doing all kinds of different things and uh, definitely playing like six tunes off the new record. So we're doing two whole sets. It's going to be a blast. It'll be fantastic. Live, full band experience. Not a show to be missed. Once again, such a pleasure to have you all in studio. Valerie Day and John Smith of New Shoes uh, live in studio. Thank you all. Thanks Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. All right, folks. You heard it right here. You're listening to Night School with Bobby D on the station of X-Ray FM with New Shoes. (laughs) Oh, and one last thing. If... uh, Folks out there are interested, May 21st at the Star Theater is the show, of course, and we have a couple of pairs of tickets to give away for that event. Um, give us a call here at the station, 503-233-X-RAY. That's 503-233-9729. And uh, the first couple of folks to give us a ring will get a pair of tickets to see new shoes. This next track is uh, another one off their new record, Your Perfect Day, off of Bagtown. This is New Shoes with Night School and Bobby D.
All right, shout out to Stuart for calling in. He's got a pair of tickets to see New Shoes uh, next Saturday, May 21st at the Star Theater. Uh, plus one, we have one more pair of tickets to give away. Feel free to give us a ring at 503-233-X-RAY. That's 503-233-9729 for a pair of tickets to see New Shoes next Saturday, May 21st at the Star Theater. You're listening to Night School with Bobby D on the station of X-Ray FM.
All right, shout out to Stuart Willis, or rather Sean Willis, for giving us a call, getting that the second pair of tickets to see New Shoes next Saturday um, at the Star Theater, May 21st, the album release show for the group's newest record in nearly 30 years, Bagtown. Uh, we've been playing a couple tracks off the record, and uh, now it's kind of a special treat in the last few minutes of the show here. I'm going to play some things um, that have never hit the airwaves before, at least to my knowledge, some unreleased tracks from back in the day. Um, it's a joint called Ain't No Stranger, and as described by John, it's a real barn burner. See what, see for yourself. You're listening to Night School with Bobby D on the station of X-Ray FM.
All right, y'all, that about does it for this episode of Night School featuring the wonderful sounds of New Shoes. This is a track from 1983 called Someone Is Calling. Never quite made the cut, but uh, out on the airwaves now. You can check the group out once 